Are you excited, Michael? I'm very excited. Yeah, are you excited, Phoebe? I am just can't wait. <laughs> You're our first non-survivor guest. Ooh, How? I'm survivor adjacent. Yes, yes, you actually are survivor adjacent. Um, for the listeners who don't know who's on the uh, other end of this microphone right now, his name is Michael Mess. Close. Messinio. Messinio. Great last name. Thank you. Italian. It's like the ice cream brand as well. It makes me like Messina. Oh my God, the amount of times I've heard that. (laughs) But it's like I don't get free ice cream, unfortunately. That's so terrible because Mm -hmm. you're Messina adjacent. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, So Michael is a YouTuber. He's recently blown up in the YouTube space. I've actually known you for a couple years now. So Michael used to do, back in the earlier stages, he used to do these survivor videos where he would, Phoebe's season as well, yes? Yeah. Yeah, so you Survivor was uh, one of your sort of things that you would cover on your channel. Yeah. And you would do these really hilarious cast assessments, basically. Yeah. And then me and Jared sang from our season, thought you were hilarious. We started hanging out with you and then... You two were the first two that reached out and I was so blown away that you two had seen the videos. And when we met in the first time, I was like, hyperventilating, (laughs) trying to calm down. There's sort of a bit of that going on today with Phoebe as well. This is the first time Michael and Phoebe have ever met. Yes. And I've already apologised for being way more (laughs) underwhelming in person. I saw Phoebe and I was like, woo, celebrity. (laughs) Don't worry. I literally had that same reaction when I first met Phoebe as well. But yes, so Michael is here with us today uh, as our first non-survivor guest. He's a amazing YouTuber and sort of the first in this Australian space. Like I'm not seeing a bunch of quote-unquote YouTubers around in Australia that are receiving the same level of... There's not a lot of people at the success level that you have found yourself at. It's interesting because there are big Australian YouTubers, but from my experience and what I've seen not really in the entertainment areas. There's yeah. a lot in the gaming and beauty yeah, YouTube right. areas. Yes. yes. I've kind of found my niche. Yeah. And that's how I've kind of... Yeah, it's so Take we're gonna off. we're gonna um, interview you today. Yep. Ask you lots of questions about how you got there because mm-hmm. I know YouTube is a very uh, interesting space for a lot of younger people. Yep. Like I know for myself, I grew up watching it. There's lots of YouTube celebrities out there now. Well, I already feel like I am just <laughs> the odd man woman out here because I did not grow up watching YouTube. I was concerned that you I feel would... like you always have passive aggressive digs at me being older than you. <laughs> and another... by doing this, I've just brought in a modern yeah. influencer. It's not a sensitive issue. <laughs> (laughs) at all. Um, I, unlike both of you, did not grow up in a generation that was watching YouTube. It wasn't a thing. I mean, I think uh, towards the end of high school, people started getting like MySpace and stuff like Facebook and stuff. But that was a social media um, medium. Yeah. Whereas YouTube... And it was MSN and and whatnot as well. MSN, huge, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But YouTube wasn't something that I, you know, that really took off for my generation. And I think the first I had really heard about YouTube being a really big thing was probably just like uh, music videos or maybe um, younger artists, people like Justin Bieber being discovered through their YouTube channels. And I think that's probably when I came into my first level of awareness about how this was a real thing for people. And I think that's what it was. It was like sort of viral videos. Like there weren't channels. There was just videos that got a lot of traction and that was sort of it. There weren't personalities associated with the space really. Yeah. At that time when all the music videos were going crazy on YouTube, YouTube was the pretty much the only place on the internet where you would find videos. Yeah. Okay. So now you have Instagram, you right. have Facebook. So there's a much 
more level playing field. Yeah. Yeah, it's diluted a little more being that there's other platforms. But it's interesting though, and I actually know a lot of famous YouTubers these days um, started because they would do little video diaries um, of themselves, which I know you did a lot when you were younger. Oh, my God, how dare you? How dare you? Does does that footage exist still? Yes. Oh, it does, it does, but not not with me. It's with one of my best friends. Like, uh, we did a lot because we did so many – we were young. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and drunk most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> so we did a lot of um, video. <laughs> I don't even want to admit this. <laughs> so, <laughs> she had a sleepover not long ago. A sleepover because we're still like we still do that. Yeah, <laughs> this time like yeah. Anyway, and she brought her some of the old stuff that mm-hmm. we'd made, and we had literally recorded yeah. video journals to our. F- We'd be like, hello, future us. Yeah. That's amazing. And we have given ourselves, like, so I have messages to myself from, like, my 21-year-old self That's about so what good. I should be doing with my life. Yeah. See, that is prime content. So if you had a YouTube channel, yeah. that would do well. A reaction what video is, would be sure. perfect. Maybe I should yeah. put it up now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's sort of how, through that that sort of stuff, that's how people then got into the space. They would yeah. literally upload videos like that. And just through people connecting online, like, yeah. they got traction and people started to like the people that were putting out the videos and then it sort of it evolved really like what would you say the youtubers quote unquote were when you were sort of in high school and who did you really love at that time so when i was watching youtube videos that was kind of around probably year nine for me to year 12 yeah and you kind of had these two big groups there was the u.s youtubers and then the british vloggers yes oh yeah yeah so the british vloggers uh they were always doing Lots of lifestyle type content. You know, they okay. do hauls like Kmart hauls, yep. but not Kmart because they don't know Kmart. <laughs> and then the US. Wagamamas. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <gasps> Take me back to Wagamamas. <laughs> Delicious. I'm going to be I so fascinated it. at all the points of contact that we find yeah. with Phoebe. Like, because she used to live in London. So Wagamamas uh, is like, oh my God, Wagamamas. Yeah. I miss Wagamamas. <laughs> yeah. Delicious. Huge fan. And then, they did, and they all hung out together, and they yep. all cross-promoted, which mm-hmm. was a big part of their success because they were yeah. in each other's videos. Yep. And well, that's kind of what Instagram influencers did early in the day. Yeah, like if you t- tried to do the Instagram influencer thing early, you took off. Yeah, I think if you tried to do it today, it's, it's too saturated. Hard, yeah. yeah, but back then it would be like this, and then uh, someone who had a lot of followers would like tag someone that yeah. also had a lot of followers. Yeah. And you know, nowadays there's so much of it that people are like, eh, ignore. At that time. It seemed like if you knew the right people, you could get your channel to take off. Yeah. Right. So you obviously needed to be a good content creator yes. and have a good personality. But I think nowadays it's so saturated that you need to find your niche early on. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to get lost in the content. Yes. And who did you who did you love like sort of in high school, I guess? So my favorite YouTuber was and is Grace Helbig. I love Grace Helbig. <laughs> She's like a comedian in the US. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> comedian. Um, you would actually love her content. Yeah, so. Really okay. relatable, yeah. dumb content sort yeah. of, but also really smart. The, the best kind of content. <laughs> oh, best dumb smart content, best content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll look. I will look. And yeah. she was part of the Holy Trinity. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a big. US like trio of influencers. Wow. Yeah. So okay. they, I would say their content is, as you said, dumb funny. Yeah. It's the kind of stuff that you can watch and not think. Yeah. Which yep. I think is why, kind of bringing it back to reality TV, that's why I love reality TV so much because yes. you don't really need to be thinking that much to watch it. Yeah. yeah okay. So I think that's why their channels blew up at the time is because you don't need to be 
really switched on at the time to watch it and enjoy it. And you still relate, which is, yeah. it's, let's talk about that. Like your, um, that's very much your channel now. Mm-hmm. Like It's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually, it's the same sort of thing. It's like content about sort of, some people might say dumb content, mm-hmm. but yeah. the way you approach it is really smart and funny and, and people just are drawn to it. Have you found most of your fans have come to you through the things you you put out about reality TV? I think for me, there's different columns of content. Okay. So I have my reality TV content, which is the one that pulls the most people. Yeah. Then I have uh, content where I'm talking about ridiculous things and ranking them. So yeah. it has no meaning. So He ranked days of the month. Days of the month. And this <laughs> afternoon I'm editing a video called Ranking Pictures of Dr. Phil. <laughs> I absolutely love that. So, <laughs> right? so ridiculous. That's the kind of content that it takes the subscribers I already have. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely oh, love good. that already. Like, right? Why would anyone do that? Right? It's brilliant. And the best thing about that is no one has done it. No. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing like a Kmart haul, a lot of people have done that already. It's original content. So if anyone's ever looking for ranking pictures of Dr. Phil, guess who's you're, done it? You're Me. the guy. You're the man. And they are such engaging, engaging videos. Like they're just hilarious. Like the, the things you find to say about pictures of Dr. Phil and why some is better than the other. There's like, so much you could it's talk hilarious. about. There's like, so much. It's completely hilarious. You, so tell me about mm. then um, the the stream with the reality TV stream. Mm-hmm. What what do you do and like what's your approach to that? Right. So I have this series on my channel called Essential Viewing. Okay. So that's where I talk about my favorite reality TV shows, people, and scenes. Yep. So it all started with a scene from Big Boss India, okay. which is like the Big Brother version, uh, about this lady named Pujo. Yeah. And there's this viral scene that I was talking about. <laughs> that was my first video to kind of blow up. Yeah. So that's nearly at 500,000 views, which is pretty big for me. Wow. Half a million eyes. Which is mental. I can't think about it for too long. Not yeah. The, it's and a lot then, of people. It is. And yeah. then from there, I've kind of gone through... I have a, a note on my phone where I write all my favourite stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I've been through, you know, Gemma Collins, Tiffany Pollard. Okay. Talked about all of that. Next up, I've got RuPaul's Drag Race, which oh, I'm currently watching at the moment. Me too. Absolutely obsessed it's with that. amazing. And the most recent one I did was Kitchen Nightmares. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah. And you'll even do, like, do a green screen and you'll mm-hmm. basically reenact a crazy scene of, like, people fighting in Big Brother and it'll be Michael on a green screen literally imitating that. That's my favourite part of editing. <laughs> yeah. The green screen is the best thing I ever bought and it was, like, 100 bucks. Yeah, you levelled up when you went green screen. As soon as I got the green screen... <laughs> things took off oh my god so yeah so that's your channel but you really entered at a time that it was sort of oversaturated like as to go back to um, the beginning of YouTube it was not saturated so there were it was easy to kind of find success as a personality in the space but then sponsors sort of got savvy to it um, and sponsors flocked there Uh, a lot of people started channels and it just became that you couldn't find success as a, a personality creating relatively normal content anymore like it wasn't really a thing you need you needed an edge yeah which is why i think it's so amazing that you've found a way to cut through especially at the time in which you you. started like it's it's truly it's it's impressive maybe it comes from your analytical mind tell Mm -hmm. us what you you studied in uni and you still actually do that as a job so i have my there's kind of a joke on my channel that i try and mention that i have a master's degree (laughs) in every single video (laughs) so i have a master's degree in mechanical engineering and i work full-time as a software engineer yes you do yeah i love the data i love the numbers yeah and i think part of the reason why i managed to get my channel to do well is because i decided 
I'm really going to switch on the analytical mind you did. and have a look at the data and work out what I'm doing. And you cr- literally created content out of this as well. You mm-hmm. break down the YouTube algorithm. So tell yeah. us, what do you know from your perspective? Like, how does this YouTube algorithm right. work? Because I don't know. So, and right. I know Phoebe doesn't know. How dare so, you? <laughs> well, What's ev- YouTube again? No, I'm totally <laughs> So for everybody listening, yes. this is the, the tips secret. that you need to know. Hot tips. To get a video to do well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So boobs and bum. That's mainly what I've noticed. That's what Phoebe uses. That's what all my videos are. They're just me with that. (laughs) So the most important thing is watch time and watch time percentage. So you Ah. want people to watch for a higher percentage of the video for a long video. Okay. So if you think of the YouTube content that you watch at the moment, the videos that are usually more than 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they'll be quite engaging all the way through. Really high editing production value. Yeah. So the reason why videos are longer than 10 minutes is because you can put two ads in. Okay. Oh. Yes. Okay. So if a video is seven to nine minutes. Is it you can't put two ads in, but YouTube can put two ads in. Is that right? I can specify that I would like two ads in there and there'll be one in the middle. Okay, cool. It's called a, there's going to be an information information overload, but it's called a mid-roll ad and mid-roll ads are worth more than pre-roll ads. Oh, okay. So if you get someone that watches all the way up to that point, Mm -hmm. then you'll get paid more because someone's watched the ad? Yes. Right. So those ads usually have a higher CPM, which is the cost per thousand monetized views. Okay. So there's a lot of data. Yeah. So for me, though, I usually upload videos between seven to nine minutes. Yeah. So So under 10 minutes. Under 10 minutes. So I'm not really chasing the ad money. Yeah. But for me, seven to nine minutes is what does the best in terms of watch time and engagement. Right. So the videos that are that length usually do better in the first 24 hours. Right. So that must be tricky to weigh up then. Like, am I going to, I don't want to say sell out, but in a way sell out, or am I going to prioritize what my audience prefers and therefore grow my audience and then potentially uh, reach sort of that monetary success maybe later down the line? Like, that's a pretty hard decision to make, I would imagine. It is tricky, but at the same time, the way I think about it is if I was subscribed to myself, yeah. what kind of content would I want to watch? Yeah. And would I mind if that person had done content in a certain way to get more money? Yeah. So for me, I haven't done a brand deal before. Yeah. And I've had multiple offers. But for me, the stuff that's come across wouldn't be what my audience wants. It's not quite right. So I'm kind of waiting for the right one. So I can be, this is what I support. And what does the right one look like for you in the future? I don't know. (laughs) The criteria that I have at the moment, when a brand deal crosses me, it it sounds like when it fights me, when it crosses me. Do I use this already or would I use this? Okay. So that's kind of the criteria. Yeah. And so when you're doing, I have to admit, firstly, as someone who some infrequently watches YouTube but does mm-hmm. actually use YouTube sometimes, mm. if I do, if I am kind of on a, I don't know, I think sometimes I do things like TED Talks and stuff like that. Yep. That's the sort yep. of thing that appeals to me mm-hmm. when I'm on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. And I definitely do look at the length of the video before I am inclined to watch the video. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting from an audience perspective if the same form, I mean, I know that there'd be different um criteria for different artists or different you know youtube artists i feel like though for the most part a seven to nine minute video would work for a lot of people because mm-hmm. right. once i start i mean unless it's a ted talk sometimes those ones are longer obviously but if i do see something and it's like 13 minutes i might be more inclined to hit the one that's eight and a half minutes totally. long yeah and for sure 
It also depends on, as you said, the type of content. It does, yeah. So my essential viewing videos, which are naturally longer because there's more content to talk about, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't mind how long those get yeah. because I know that it's interesting all the way through. Yeah. And the audience that are clicking on those videos. Yeah, they, they go in knowing that I'm mm. going to be talking about it for the whole video. Yeah. Whereas if it's something like ranking pictures of Dr. Phil, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion, it that has... needs to be smaller. because. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That novelty wears off as you're watching. It. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely the analytical mind that comes into play with this stuff that I think has really contributed. Yeah. To to how quickly you've sort of taken off. What do you think? Do you think there's certain traits of your personality that that make you drawn to YouTube? Because it's a right. lot to put yourself out there on a platform and to content create when you do already have a job that you're really successful at, and then you likely like you don't probably need the extra money due to the the status of job you have so why do you think you're still drawn to this sort of space so from 1,000 to 200,000 that took off really quickly yeah Mm. and that's kind of about the time when I moved to Melbourne yeah so I grew up in Perth and I had a lot of friends there a lot of family moved to Melbourne for a job and didn't know anyone yeah so then I've been there yeah so then I kind of (laughs) funneled all that energy Mm. and stress into making content in my spare time. Right. So I was producing a lot of content, changing slight small things to work out what would do well. Yeah. And then based off of that, that's how it took off. Yes. So it's been like a... Almost a distraction, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And have you found a community in YouTube yet? As I said before, the Australian YouTube community is quite small. So it's quite interesting because I have some YouTube friends. Oh, you but they're do? Not, not from Australia. Oh. I know about two or three Australian right. YouTubers that, and they're the same ones that I knew when I had about 100, 200 subscribers. Yeah. Oh, that's and awesome. is your audience predominantly based in Australia? Well, so yeah, more that data. Would interest me, especially if you've got the reality TV mm-hmm. stuff. I suppose. You're, you're examining reality TV across the globe, though, aren't you? Yes. So you're not actually just looking at Australian reality TV. Not quite. I haven't okay. done an episode of Essential Viewing about Australian reality TV, I don't think, yet. But maybe yeah. there'll have to be some about Survivor. You'll see. Um, so my <laughs> audience... Maybe when Lockie's on The Bachelor, uh, there'll be plenty of content to talk about. <laughs> so my audience demographics are US... Canada, no, US, UK, Canada, Australia. So Australia is mm. my fourth. US, yeah. I mean, I, I would not be, I'm not surprised mm. to hear the US because YouTube is huge over there, as is things like Twitter and stuff like that. For sure. just, I don't know if it's a population thing or if it's a cultural thing or a combination of both, but obviously um, it just, it seems like even a lot of the videos that I watch are often US-based mm-hmm. YouTubers. Yeah. So YouTube, the way the algorithm works is they'll suggest content to users and if they respond positively to it then they'll suggest that content to more people Mm. so one of the things that i found was i started to tailor my content towards us viewers specifically Mm -hmm. so i'll upload at 1 a.m monday morning every week yeah which is kind of shit for work the next day but i'll still do the work Um, (laughs) i notice i follow you and i'm like why is he uploading at 1 a.m can you do a um like a time can you schedule it you can oh okay but I prefer to be up and responding to comments. Oh, I see. Because right. if oh. people are watching it and they've got they've done me the service of turning on notifications, so they're watching yeah. it straight away, I kind of want to repay them in a way by having a conversation with them in the yeah. comments. Yeah, okay. So it's actually a much bigger commitment than staying up to 1am. Right. It's like a staying up till potentially 3am. Pretty much. Wow. Every Sunday night is a bit of a mess. Oh. So I That's usually... exhausting. <laughs> I mean, you're, it's the beginning of the working week. A Thursday I could understand, but a Monday... Yeah. Well, no. it's, the way it works is I'll record a video yeah. and then I'll spend about six to eight hours editing it, which is the biggest part. And I usually just do that in one or two sittings. 
and then mm-hmm. preparing the thumbnail and doing all of that, posting it and then replying to yeah. comments. And and you are completely engaged with it. You're engaged with your I audience. Yeah. You don't you don't cut you don't cut corners. And so like for this it it's obviously driven by a, a huge passion of yours. Yeah. Like I absolutely the, love is it. Is the goal to be able to transfer over to doing this full time with a view or do you I mean I don't think I could ever stop working entirely. Yeah. If I could do a few days of one job and then a couple of days of YouTube, that would be ideal. Why do you think that is? Is it personal preference of like balance? It's personal preference and also I love the work that I do. Yeah. I love engineering. I love that kind of stuff. And if I dropped that entirely, I think I'd go a little bit crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. It's it's so, so, so fascinating. Now you've sort of reached a point with your channel where you're being recognized on the street by people that follow you. And you were in Japan recently, you were saying. That was mental. Someone recognized you in Japan. Someone recognized me in a different country I'd never been to before. Yeah. Yeah, That was crazy. That's a pretty exciting thing, though. Yeah. She was so nice. She was so lovely. That's definitely been a new thing yeah in the last few months that's and nice it, though when it started happening i felt kind of weird about it yeah right. but now i love it when yeah. people come and say hello it must be awesome because i mean phoebe and i get recognized out and about because of survivor but i don't think it's quite the same thing because it's not like we worked hard to you on did. the com- <laughs> um, not on the content that we became known for so people just know us sort of being like oh you did that thing that one time and you're like yes i did ha ah, cool thank you but the people that are stopping you on the street are you know loving what you've really worked hard for for years and i should have asked you this at the beginning but like how long how many years has it sort of taken you to get to this point since when you started so i made the channel in 2015 yeah and i'd post every couple of months yeah and then i started taking it more seriously in 2017 yeah and then 2018 19 is when it took off right so the last three years has has sort of been it and all the everything you've been working for is sort of really paying off in the real world right yeah it's mental how does that feel when a person comes up to you because they love what you do so sometimes it happens in different ways. So sometimes someone will come up to me and we'll have a chat. That's my favourite kind of interaction. Yeah. So I can have a chat about reality TV, talk mm-hmm. about anything. Yeah. Sometimes I bounce ideas off them and see yeah. what they think. And sometimes I'll get Instagram messages being like, I just saw you on the tram or I just wow. or tweets. And that makes me feel a little bit strange. Yeah. But I'm still getting used to it. But yeah, my favourite ones are when people come up, we can have a chat and yeah. Has it reached the point where as you leave the house, you're conscious, what if someone runs into me now that has Well, sometimes me I turn the outfits up a little bit more now. Because <laughs> if I get spotted for a photo, I don't want to look yeah. crusty, dusty. I want to look good. I totally dropped that a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here to impress anybody. No, no, no. <laughs> but I get that too, though, because it's the worst when someone does approach you and you're like in your sweaty gym gear yeah. or right. looking like I currently look today, for example, and then yeah. someone's like, can I have a selfie? And you're like... <sighs> You can't really say no, no. Yeah. but you absolutely don't want a selfie. Yeah. And you certainly, and then you take the selfie and then you want to tell them not to put it on the internet, but yeah. you know that they're going to. Yeah. yeah. Can this just be for private use only? <laughs> <laughs> the home collection. <laughs> but also, so Sarah and I do a dance class together. Oh, we do. <laughs> and one time I was at the dance class and just disclaimer, I'm terrible. I'm getting better, but I'm still bad. I'm still And Sarah bad. was perfect the first time, no, which was just not Sarah's fair. Sarah's a good dancer. Yeah, I've no. seen her in the club. She's a really good dancer. So you're all just being nice. <laughs> this is incorrect. <laughs> so then I did the dance class, did terribly as usual. And then I get a message from someone being like, oh, I was in the same dance class as you. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's- they saw me fail at dancing. <laughs> I can not- understand that. I get, yeah. I've sometimes been to like Woolworths being like, have you, were you at, I won't say which Woolworths I go to, but were you at this 
bloody bloody Woolworths or whatever. And I'm like, oh God, I knew you were looking at me weird yeah. as you were scanning my groceries. <laughs> like, <laughs> even um, you went out with Brooke the other night for just for a girls' night, and you were like, oh, it was fun, but it was kind of annoying because people just kept coming up to us all night. Yeah, I mean, no, like it's nice or whatever, but it was just there were a lot of Survivor fans that night. Yeah, so it was just one of yeah. those things we didn't really get a night out because yeah. we were. That's being that. approached every five minutes. Yeah. So. But, and that's no problem. And and for us, it, like that kind of thing, it's the hype of the show right now. So yeah. mm-hmm. I've been there before. Obviously, it comes and it goes, especially because the show's hot right now, but in you know a few months' time, mm-hmm. something else will be. So it, I, it's okay. It's, and for us in that sort of hype, survivor hype, I know that it's a short-lived thing yeah. from the experience. So it's not right. – it's, it's all good. Whereas you, this is a lifestyle now, Mark. Yeah, you're going to have to get used I, to it. <laughs> I can't get past the fact that people – like my content enough that they'll come up and say hello. To me, that's just the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. I saw on your Instagram, because I follow you on Instagram. What's your Instagram, by the way? Plug it. At Michael Messinio. <laughs> M-E-S-S-I-N-E-O. <laughs> there we go. Um, but I saw uh, during all the protests uh, for the bushfire, didn't mm-hmm. someone like literally make a poster yes. of you? Yeah. So someone sent me a picture of a protest in Brisbane, and it was a picture of me and a giant teacup or something, and yeah. it was like global warming tea or something. <laughs> Joke about that, and I thought, this is insane. This is That gonna... I'm on a poster. But, I mean, I support the message. Yeah, of course. It's just the fact that they used the picture, and I was like, this is crazy. It's so cool. <laughs> Michael endorses anti-climate change. For sure. Use my poster anytime. <laughs> I love it. It's very, very cool. What would you say your favourite YouTube channels are right now? Oh, good question. So, for some reason, I love... VR channel. Oh, really? So there's this Explain to me that. Yeah. Okay, so there's this game called Beat Saber, which is where you put on a VR headset and it's like Guitar Hero, except you have lightsabers and the beats come towards you and you slash them. Yeah. And there's these YouTubers that have this uh, setup where they superimpose themselves over the VR footage. So yeah. you can see them doing it ah. and they'll do it to all the pop songs and everything. And I'll start watching them and I'll find myself like an hour later thinking, what am I doing? That is cool. So I love those. It's probably a good sign of a good channel, isn't it? When you're actually yeah. losing time, you're not conscious of time while you're watching it. I'm just thinking Burning someone. time and enjoying yourself that much that it's sort of, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking someone needs to hook sis up with like a <laughs> VR headset because she's doing promo for wow. them. So cool. And then I also love cooking channels. So one of my favorites is Bon Appetit. Yes. Which actually, segue. Yeah. That is my biggest video. I, I was gonna I was gonna mention if you didn't, yeah, tell us about that video. So if you don't know what Bon Appetit is, it's like yeah. a cooking channel. Okay. And they have these different chefs and they kinda of have their own shows. Yep. So there's a chef named Claire and she does a show where she remakes desserts or like snacks. So she'll do one remaking like a Mars bar or something like that. Right. But gourmet. Gourmet. Yeah. And I did a video just out of nowhere. This I filmed this at 11.30 at night after work, and I was yep. still in my work gear. Yep. And it was called I Would Die for Claire from the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen. Okay. And I filmed this in April. Yeah. This was when I had, like, 500 subscribers. Yeah. Mm. And everyone that watched it was like, okay, this is a bit weird. But yeah. sure, just classic Michael, just let him do whatever. <laughs> so then it just stayed at, like, 500 views for yeah. six months. Yeah, wow. And then all of a sudden, one day out of nowhere, just skyrocketed and it had a million in a oh my goodness. couple of days, maybe a week. Did you ever get to the bottom of why? So, again, it's like all algorithm experiments, but from what the data tells me, yes. so my Pudger video blew up <laughs> yeah. and then other videos blew up right? and then the traffic went to my channel, found that, and then that got suggested because people wow. were interacting with that video. So you just never know. 
when things are going to yeah. go viral. Yeah. And consistency is key. Like anyone, 100%. like I remember in school, all my friends really wanted to start YouTube channels. Um, it's sort of the thing of like now starting podcasts is sort of the same way. Lots of people want to start podcasts. And a lot of people sort of fade off because they lack the commitment to keep going when the success doesn't immediately hit them. Right. And I think what you are a testament to is how consistent work, regular uploads, knowing your brand um, eventually pays off. Like, sure. I, I, when, how did, did you sort of have a um, an idea of like, okay, if nothing happens by this date, I might start to focus my energy elsewhere? Or was this like, I'm going to go till I die? <laughs> so for me, it was a case of I'd done it so much that I kind of got into a groove of filming and then editing. And I really enjoyed the editing process. Yeah. So I, to be honest, if I hadn't, if I'm not at the level that I'm at now, I'd still be making videos. Yeah. I just love editing videos and creating content. And that probably, like, that that still love for it does yeah. still bleed into your content. And that's why right. people still love it because you, you love it. Because I still it. love it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think I have a terrible memory so bad. Yeah. So I'll go back and watch videos and I'll think, oh, wow, mm-hmm. I remember I recorded that. that was, this happened in my life at that time, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So yeah. it's almost like a video diary. Yeah. Even though the videos aren't really about me. I can still place when I made them. Yeah, and kind of what's a, fun, a nice thing yeah. for you to have as well. Yeah, yeah. and it'll always be there. Yeah, which is cool. So it's cool. It's awesome. So lightsaber, saber, what saber, beat, beat saber, <laughs> videos, and Claire from the Bonnet. Bonnet Potatoes Kitchen. Yeah, that's my the two things at the moment and beauty content. Why beauty content? Do you oh, wear makeup, Michael? I do not yet, <laughs> but I I'm big into skincare at the moment. Right, I see. And I started with skincare YouTubers, and mm-hmm. now I'm watching all these beauty YouTubers, and I cannot stop. I sometimes get hooked on stuff like that. I can't say I know any particular famous YouTubers, but right. like every now and again, I'll like watch a tutorial because I've seen something cool and yeah. want to try something, and then all of a sudden you get the other suggested videos. Yeah, and it can be quite addictive watching For people sure. put their makeup on or watching the way that they do it, yeah. and then seeing how they start and then seeing the end result. Yeah. I actually quite like it. Some of the looks are crazy. But the interesting thing about makeup videos is I'm not sure if you're aware of TikTok. Oh, yeah, I have seen that. That's another thing where I'm like, I can imagine like my nieces and my nephews who are teenagers. I can imagine them... Uh, this is a whole phenomenon for them and all of their friends have TikTok and it's a real thing. And I know people in my own demographic do as well, mm-hmm. but probably less so. Right. Um, and I can imagine them being like talking about, you know, how we're like, oh, fi- Facebook, MySpace. Yeah. I can just imagine them in 10 years time being like, TikTok. Oh, TikTok. remember TikTok? <laughs> and, you know, the yeah. kids these days will be like, what's TikTok? Yeah. The thing that so interests so. me about TikTok is that it's so much shorter than YouTube. So the yeah. biggest video that you can upload is 60 seconds. Mm. So the reason why I brought it up is because makeup videos on TikTok are so quick. So oh, you okay. see the process so quick. And to me... And they fast forward it or something. Yeah. And yeah, you can yeah. see like they sometimes put effects on it to speed it up. Yeah. And that's the coolest content because it's such a quick transformation. Right. But then in my head, I'm thinking about how much work goes into that. And but it's in insane it, for yeah. a 60 second video. Yeah. And then also like surely that would then cut into... Like if you see quickly um, the makeup look done, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people would then sit through and watch the tutorial unless they specifically wanted to like actually do it and follow the tutorial so surely it would then cut into the views on their youtube channel yeah for sure and i think with youtube beauty content you'll find that the biggest beauty youtubers have a big personality yeah so like your jeffree star james charles brett and rock they're 
big outside of the beauty community because they have such loud personalities. Because yeah. if you're going to watch a video for 30 minutes of someone putting on makeup, yeah. Yeah. they're not going to be silent the whole time. Yeah, they're going absolutely. to be talking about something and you're going to be bouncing off them and yeah. their energy. So. Mm. One of my favourites is Nikki Tutorials, who's Love just Nikki queen Nikki of my entire life. So talented. These people are so talented. And then I'm <laughs> uploading Ranking Dr. Phil and it's like, how does this compare? <laughs> I think that's talented content. As far <laughs> as I'm concerned, that's the kind of content I'd be watching. I yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Michael, obviously being a an observer of the YouTube space as well, being a participant in it, do you have any pet hates that you see in the space that you're just like, no, that'll never be me? Right. I think it's tricky because if usually if I'm seeing it on my homepage, it means the video is doing well. Yeah. So the fact that some types of content does well infuriates me. <laughs> so I, I don't really like family bloggers. Yeah. And like oh, family I, channels. I, I like one. I know. I remember you mentioned it to me. I was thinking, no, like Sarah. But it's because they're like, a, they literally make, they're not family vloggers in the traditional sense. They make films. They right. weekly, like they, it's, yeah. he's a filmmaker and he, every More week. Effort. It's just stunning. It's beautiful to watch, but I totally agree. Because sometime, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> people are using their kids yeah. views, like yeah, for I'm clickbait. Not, yeah, I'm not a fan of that on any platform, to be honest. Right. Um, yeah. So I can I can relate to that. Yeah. I don't know also, though, like I'm, I don't mind it if it's people that I love in my life and I see photos of them and the kids yeah, and things like that because I love them and I love seeing their family. So, But the, there's definitely stuff where I'm like... There's a line for sure. There the, is a line. And if it's 100% of your content, I'm out. Yeah. There was one that I saw, it was a thumbnail, and there was a girl sitting on a chair on her mother's lap and the thing was we just got bad news from the doctor that was the name of the title and that was the thumbnail and i was thinking this is ridiculous i mean it's total clickbait though. so and i hate clickbait that's another thing yeah so one thing that i've tried to do (laughs) consistently throughout my youtube channel Mm -hmm. is the title is exactly what the video is about yeah so if it says i'm ranking dr phil pictures i'm ranking dr (laughs) phil pictures yeah so clickbait drives me insane dr phil did what (laughs) (laughs) yeah for us that's clickbait we're like oh yeah we want to see so clickbait technically means you're saying the video is about something that it's not really. So getting yeah. people to click on it and start watching it and they realise that it's not really what that's about or the yeah. section that they're talking about is really small and the rest yeah. of the video is about something completely different. And it's at the end of the video. Yeah. 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 So yeah. videos I mean, that have like clickbaity thumbnails or titles usually have lower watch percentage. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. but It is interesting. And the trending tab on YouTube is always full of the most trashiest yes. YouTube and videos. Always that kind of stuff and late night talk show hosts. Yeah. Which is another thing that pet hate. Wow, I'm just really going to town on these. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure you'd have lots of them. So the talk show hosts, yeah, they do a lot of interviews with people they and stuff. So they, they get a lot of um, watch views. Yeah, yeah. If you go to the Jimmy Fallon ones and oh, yeah, they get James so Corden, much. Absolutely. The amount of views is insane. Yeah. But I kind of like them, though. Yeah, like the James <laughs> Corden's... I'm interested in them. The singing in the cars one, there's a name for the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, not comedians. Karaoke. Yeah, that one. Carpool karaoke. So those will have like 50 million views, which is insane. But for me, it's a weird feeling because YouTube started with just people in their bedrooms uploading videos, talking about their lives. Yeah. And then it's gradually changed and you get professional cooking videos and stuff. And now you've got these late night hosts kind of coming in with this really high production value content yeah and it's like how do i compete with that 
Well, it's 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 sort of that's the way that's the way of all social media platforms, mm. even like Instagram today. Like it used to be, Instagram was like a behind the scenes look of like a person's real life, and then, yeah. you know, same with YouTube. Sponsors flocked. People saw that that was getting a lot of traction, and then the space changes and it becomes something that it it, it never was intended to be. Yeah, well, they are businesses at the end of the day. So yeah. whatever the formula is to make the most money for the for sure. you know the people in the business, that's the formula. It's gonna you know they're not really concerned with the origins of the idea or the creative space. A lot of people, you know, they're they're huge, large-scale businesses. So at the end of the day, that's what the objective is, is to make money. Yeah. Smart for them, sucks for me. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, but I think, you know, it's interesting though because it's not always the case. I mean, YouTube's a good example of that. Social media and technology is a good example of that. But there are, like, lots of people or brands and stuff like that that actually uh, don't commercialise so far that they lose the integrity of Mm -hmm. the creative directive and whatever else. And I know for me, like whether it's clothes or fashion and stuff, um, well, not so much myself, but certainly good friends of mine are often drawn to spaces or brands or whatever because... Uh, of the fact that they've held on closely to what the the vision of right. that yeah. was. So, but it's, I think when it comes to technology, <laughs> well, it's, it's always going to be about where the money is. Yeah. It's interesting because social media is like this marketplace where people as individuals are competing with businesses as well. And it's like, mm-hmm. where do we see that in anywhere else in the world? Like, are we... Like, but people we- themselves are trying to be a business, yeah, when you're branding yourself, that's with a vi- that's with a view to representing yourself in a way that people are going to be drawn to you for whatever reason. So, like, you're just a business yourself, totally. But yeah. like, in you don't really see that in many other spaces. Like, yes, people are a business, and so yeah, it is businesses competing with businesses. But like, I don't, I can't think of any other space where that's the case, where it's like people as businesses and businesses as businesses. It's kind of like I think a small business versus a large corporation yeah. type of thing. But it's interesting because when big celebrities make YouTube channels, yeah. it either goes really well or really badly. Yeah. Because if they if it seems like they're just doing it because they want ad money, yeah. people will absolutely go to town on them. Yeah. But if they're uploading content that is funny or adds some kind of value, like Jack Black's gaming channel, fantastic. Oh, then that will blow up and it does really well. So So what is your take on the future of YouTube? Where do you think it's headed? I think it'll go more into the VR AR space. Okay. Because like I work in the technology space and more and more of the work is starting to head towards that. Yeah. So I think Sometime in the future, it's going to start getting more VR-related content or interactive in some way. Wow. Whatever that way is, I'm not sure, but I think there'll be different types of getting people, ways of getting people involved in the video. Yeah. I can't imagine that. I cannot But it's exciting. It. Yeah. It's so cool. exciting. I love VR. I've yeah. only done it a few times at different, like... Um, I know, like Dark Mofo and stuff. Like I did this yeah. really cool VR experiment with my friends and stuff. It was so fun. Have you do- have you seen AR before? AR is insane. No, what's AR? So VR is virtual reality, yes. and AR is augmented reality. Oh, okay. What's, so, so what's that? It's kind of mixing a digital experience with the real life experience. Yeah. So sometimes you have AR stickers on your phone where yeah. you can put something on the table in your oh. camera and you can move around and it'll still be there. Yeah. Oh. So if you think of Iron Man. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, Jarvis, how he has that tool yeah. and all the information pops up on the table and it's oh, not yeah. there, but he interacts with it's it. There. So I think that's where we're going to be. <gasps> that's crazy, Iron Man is the Michael. Future. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, well, if our listeners want to follow you, where can they find you? What is your YouTube channel called? So my YouTube channel is called Mike's Mike, like microphone. Yeah. 
And my Instagram's just Michael Messina, which is my name. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing you continue to take over the space. Get ready for more dumb content. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be there. And I'm there for the Dr. Phil ranking pictures. (laughs) It has been so lovely having you in and answering all of our questions. And an honor to have you as our first non-survivor guest. How exciting. (laughs) I had such a great time. You guys are fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. It's my first podcast in general. Really? Oh, wow. I've also learned a lot as a someone who is not necessarily the biggest YouTuber, um, I think our (laughs) listeners are really going to love all of your insights. There's so much out there. Okay, well, listeners, we will be back with you next week. uh, And please do follow Michael. He makes really hilarious content. Hell yeah. And we'll be having more people in the studio in the future. Absolutely. (laughs) Bye, Michael. Bye. Bye. Bye.